Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you today. It is Tuesday, November 3rd, 2015. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, and I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan, who is in Dallas, Texas. Hey, Jewel. Hey, Leanne. How are you? Well, I've been going to bed at like 6.30 at night. What time have you been going to bed? I am so happy it gets dark about 5 o'clock because that's when I start my wind-down process. I know. I mean, between our trip to Brooklyn, which we're going to tell you all about, and then the time change, I my calendar is so far off. My personal clock. I mean, my husband was asleep at 7 o'clock last night, like down and out, not even pre-sleeping, just sleeping, sleeping. So, whew, yeah, that makes us sound 100 years old. But you know what yes. happens. It happens. It's the dark season, isn't it? Why do we do this? Why do we do? Why do we do this? I don't know. I think because we have to, um, we want to make, you know, make it lighter in the morning for the kids going to school. I think that's (laughs) it. Or else it's for the farmers. One of the two. (laughs) A or B. A or B. All right. Well, we, we have a show today. I I don't know. It's, it's a fullest show. It's a fullest show. Uh, first of all, we are going to give you an update on everything that happened at our Brooklyn book signing. We have had a request for that information, so we will be giving it to you. It was a super fun event, and we're going to tell you all about it. Um, Julie, of course, that mysterious Russian plane crash, a lot of connections. You've been to that area of the world. Uh, a lot of weird things happened over there, so I'd like to get your theory on that. We do have some trends. We have a couple of Tuesday trends we want to share with trends. you. Uh huh. Yeah, I've got. Oh, I've got an item for you, Lynn. I know you're going to want a pair of these. Yeah. Okay. And then um, our recap of Madam Secretary. Wow, I had to watch that episode twice, Julie, because I, there were so many storylines happening and a lot of intrigue and a lot of mystery. I mean, World War Three. It's a coming, isn't it? Yeah, it, Leon, I, it was shocking. It was shocking that things just kept happening in that episode. So, yes, I'm glad we're going to break it down. All right. But first, big congratulations to the Royals on winning the World Series. I know we have a lot of Kansas City fans who listen to Satellite Sisters. I think you're all at the parade today. I have to say they played a wonderful series. It was uh, They are a good little baseball team there, aren't they, Jill? I'm sorry that I'm sorry it's over, Leon. I really enjoyed this World Series. There were some great baseball games, and uh, you know, hats off to the Royals. They just they just kept on coming, Leon. That was it. They never stopped, and that's a great inspirational story for any anybody, isn't it? It is, unless you're a Mets fan, then it's not inspirational. <laughs> it's not inspirational at all. I like, saw someone on the news that he, I guess he was a really big Mets fan and he kind of got ahead of himself self, and he got a new tattoo that said uh, Mets World Series champ oh, 2015. Oops. Oh, that's Oops. Big tattoo. <laughs> Oops. Well, maybe they'll win next year and he can yeah, change maybe. that five to a six. Okay. Okay. That's right. It. Positive thinking. <laughs> right. Maybe if they learn, as our father, Jim Dolan, always used to say, two hands. Two hands, Murphy. Two hands when you go down. <laughs> and you go down for that ball. I know. Okay, let's see. I know. Two hands. He's got, he's got the rest of his life. People are going to be saying that to him. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, Julie, I want to mention today, new holiday here in America, National Sandwich Day. And Is it really? Yes. And you are a spectacular sandwich maker. You always have been. You are the kind of person that goes 
the extra mile with your sandwiches. You always have like pickles and good mustard. And so I thought of you immediately, National Sandwich Day. So how are you going to celebrate, Jill? Tuna sandwich? Uh, Well, I'm now that I didn't know that, Leanne. I'm going to have to whip up something pretty spectacular for lunch. Yes, I do like a complex sandwich. I don't don't see any reason for a plain sandwich. You want multiple flavors, multiple textures. Uh, Yeah. A good old sandwich. There's nothing like it. All right. So uh, uh, that that sets me up for dinner tonight. I'm making sandwiches. I'm sorry. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Make some sandwiches. How about some grilled cheese sandwiches, Liam? Yeah. Go to town on those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Dinner tonight, sandwiches. Uh, but first year on Satellite Sisters, we did spend a lot of quality time in Brooklyn last Friday night at Powerhouse Arena for our official book launch for You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship. And Julie, when we first decided to do this book and to carry through with it, because it's work and it's a lot of coordination and it's a commitment from people, uh, our number one goal, we said, let's do this if we're really going to have fun. If we, if this is a, sounds like a fun thing to do and we want to get out there and we want to be able to see and meet and interact with the, the satellite sisterhood at large, then we should do this. And that was absolutely what Friday night was, wasn't it? It was a real celebration of friendship. It was fantastic. Well, it was great that so many people made the effort to come. Uh, people, longtime listeners, Leanne, that, you know, people that one woman, Lori came in and she said two words, and I knew she was a longtime listener. She said, Air America. And that was her credential because a long time ago, uh, the Satellite Sisters was on the Air America station, which of course now is defunct. But Lori said those words, she was in. She, that was like the golden passport for her. But I, you know, she was one of so many people. So that- many. That made an effort. I hope they, I kind of feel like people had fun meeting other Satellite Sisters there. You know, it, it was a pretty festive uh, spirit. And, uh, and and that that was great. It was fun for all ages. I love that there were a lot of mother-daughter. Um, yeah. uh, a uh, surprising teams. number of mother-daughter combinations. Like yes. two or three generations of listeners. Very, very touching. I can't tell you. Very emotional to meet people like that. Yeah, I was surprised at that, Julie. And so many nice, kind, sweet um, satellite misters that showed up. Very nice to meet them. They were welcomed. And I hope I hope they felt I hope they felt as excited as we were when they came in. We were hugging a lot of people. I even I, I hope we didn't hope we didn't, didn't go too far with the hugging. What do you think? <laughs> no, I don't think you can go too far. I mean, you, you feel like you know people. It's been 15 years that we've been on the air. You know, the advent of social media has really made a difference in people's relationships. There is a real community there. I mean, it was really a delight to meet people who've been listening for a long time, who've been on our Facebook page for a long time. There were people uh, like Sue and Andrea, and Michelle and Liz, who had been to other book signings of mine over. See, I've had this experience over the last couple of years, all these great longtime satellite sisters, listeners showing up at events, driving for hours, bringing their people, having these talks. But you guys haven't, you know, we no, haven't no, we've as been, collectively in here in Dallas, Texas, yeah. talking into a snowball mic, Lee, and, yeah. and you know, just putting things out there. And I really felt like I got a lot back uh, on Friday night. And, and I anticipate that as we do more of these events, we're going to, you know, there's going to be a lot of momentum and it's well worth it to come. I think for, you know, for everyone to do that, my my daughter-in-law, Lauren made a fantastic photo booth. And I'm sure you've seen some of the pictures on our Facebook group page 
where she um, put up some decorations and she made some great signs. And so all the people were having a great time taking selfies and taking pictures with the sisters. Um, so that was that was a fun little added benefit. Yeah, for us, it was really um really special too, obviously, because we had so many of our nieces and daughters and daughters-in-law there. It is the one event. Well, we're doing Dallas. You, Julie, Vera, and I will be in Dallas. But other than Dallas, this was like the one big event. Fiona flew in from Oregon. Uh, my niece, Catherine, was there. Megan was there from Long Island. Lauren was there. Ruthie was there from New York. We were able to spend a lot of time with them. I, I slept on Catherine's couch for three nights. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I mean, that's good stuff right there. Yes. Just, yeah, they no, did that a, is. I mean, and that was, it was that super was, fun. Even well, if we hadn't had the book signing, I would have enjoyed myself hanging with Catherine and her husband, Alex. But we saw, uh, you know, that night at, at, at Powerhouse Arena, uh, our niece Megan brought her new baby, Mina. That was the first time we had met her. Uh, Josephine had, made, a, uh, made a, a Josephine a, made an appearance. Uh, absolutely. Alice was there. Uh, your granddaughter from Dallas. She did a spectacular job. So our cousin showed up in a big way. And uh, from New York, the Morning Stars from Boston, the Kirshners, uh, you know, the Clarman showed up. It was, it was really a special family night for us. And we thought, oh, it's, at some point, one of your friends' husband yelled, "Is anyone here not related to you?" <laughs> We're all related. We're all one big happy family now. So you know, I had um, uh, at the end of the evening, I was uh, walking walking back with Alice, and she uh, she's 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 eight, and she came. She had a great time meeting all these satellite sisters. And I think she was very inspired by seeing the nieces, the daughters, the daughter-in-laws, you know, that had uh, written beautiful essays and they were read their essays. And she said, uh, she told me she wants to be in the next book. Leah. That's what she said. And so much so that when I um, picked her up, uh, I picked her up from school on Monday, she said, okay, so what's the name of the next book? <laughs> And I said, well, I don't know. We're going to have to ask Aunt Leanne about that because she's in charge. But Alice is ready to go. Okay, so uh, so I like that, that we have inspired, that the event actually inspired another generation, the next next generation, uh, maybe to write something. So that well, was it. it was just really a feel-good event, I think, for everyone who was there. I have great news if you couldn't make it. Um, you know, uh, my niece Ruth is a film student and she organized um, the shoot and we also have uh, the audio. So we're going to be posting the Brooklyn Powerhouse event as a podcast this weekend. Liz is doing it. Liz is on it, man. She's doing it. She's she's making that happen. So look for that this weekend. Um, that will be our weekend show this weekend. So you'll be able to hear. We had the opportunity at the Brooklyn event to talk about the book, but also to let um, our nieces uh, and daughters and daughters-in-law do their readings. So some really beautiful readings of really mm -hmm. emotional pieces. I had tears in my eyes almost the whole time. Just what there's, a pleasure yeah, it was. There's photographic evidence of that, Leanne, that you were kind yeah. of choked up. Yeah. There is a great picture of Sister Sheila as she was listening to her daughter, Ruth, uh, talk about her essay. And if you just see 
the you know maternal pride on Sheila's face uh, watching her daughter uh, speak to the group uh, was really neat to see. So um, all in all, it was uh, it was a fun night. Yeah, a special shout out to the satellite misters who did the driving. There were a couple of those in the house. We appreciate yes. it. Susan said a hundred times, "I wouldn't have been here without my satellite mister." Susan took some great photos. They're there. How, how great was it to see Furry Murray, Ellen, bringing her, know, her therapy know, talk, the cutest black lab ever, Furry Murray. And when he jumped up on the signing table, I loved it. It was so cute. Like, oh, I just, he's adorable. So, uh, so it's just really a wonderful evening. Thank you so much. We had sort of a spontaneous book signing beforehand. You know, we were early. A lot of our people were early about multiple copies. A lot of times you're, you're told don't sign till after the event, don't sign. But we, we were just happy to be there and signing away. And that was really fun. So I think it made it uh, a very relaxed, enjoyable event. So Many, many thanks to everybody who came and people who shared pictures and people who really were very genuine and honest with us. Uh, As Julie said, you know, we sit in a closet and we do these podcasts. So we were really touched. It's very touching. We kind of gathered together and we said, and, you know, I think you said it, Lee, and you said, this is what it's all about. This is it. I mean, tonight was the night. And I know we have more of these nights ahead. Right. Yes, uh, we do. Doing yes. this weekend. Yes. So in this weekend, uh, we are going to be in Pasadena. We're going to be at Vroman's. I know we again, we have people coming in from all over. We're very excited. A little meetup on Saturday from four to six at Del Frisco Steakhouse. And then the event is Sunday at Vroman's at noon. Uh, so we'd love to see you at both events. It would be fantastic if you're in the area. We have um, we have nothing planned yet, but I'm sure we'll really get our act together. <laughs> We're get our act together this week. Well, you really, you really. Uh, Leon was our producer for the event in Brooklyn, uh, and again, we I, I'm going to post a couple more behind the scene pictures. She did an excellent job organizing all of us. Yeah. Thank you very much. You know what? It's a lot to get nine people on and off stage, and yes, you know, to make sure everybody has a moment and to really show the best of everyone. Everybody. So we're working actually, I think this weekend in Pasadena, Liz, Sheila and I are actually, we're going to read, we're going to read a couple pieces. So oh, that's uh, good because yeah. most of the pictures from Brooklyn, it appears that I am singing, the hills are alive with the sound of music. Does it appear that I'm singing in every single picture? It does. I know, but I guess it's just I'm enunciating. I really, or I I just had my Well, you were super psyched. I mean, you were super psyched to be there. You were the first one speaking. You did a great opening gig. and um, But it does appear like you're breaking into song, which we cannot do. (laughs) Our many talents singing is not one. No, so I'm I'm looking forward to Sunday's podcast to prove that I was not singing in Brooklyn. So we have Pasadena up next, St. Paul, which is uh, the 14th. In Portland, we are going to have a meetup uh, on the uh, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and then we have a TV appearance the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and then I have a 20-hour 20, 20 flight home, so that'll be good. <laughs> no, it'll be great. And then we're going to be in Dallas the first week in December. If you are looking for information about these events, you can go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com, click on Events. They are all listed there with maps and websites and and all the information you need at our Facebook page and our Facebook group page. We have also just click on the events piece and you can you can see what's happening because uh, in St. Paul, for instance, it's at a bookstore, subtext books or it's hosted by a bookstore, subtext books. 
but it's at the St. Paul Athletic Club. And the information is there. Uh, we urge you, and people have been doing that, calling subtext ahead of time to pre pre-buy the books just so we make sure everyone has books there in Portland. It's a, you know, we're showing up at a pub and you can bring your books and we'll sign them. There's information on that. And then in Dallas, we're going to be in a real Barnes and Noble. Uh, so we would love to see you there. So that's, but all that information is at SatelliteSisters.com and on our Facebook group page. And we love that you've been sharing the photos and using the hashtag and Instagramming. All great. So thank you so much. Thank you. But look for that Sunday, posting the Brooklyn show as uh, as the Sunday, as the weekend show. Oh, it should be good. All right. Well, Liam, we, there's some headlines in the news that I just wanted to mention today. I mean, I, I, that I, it's just... An incredible story what has happened um, on the Sinai Peninsula, that this um, jetliner has gone down, passenger jetliner, with 224 Russians uh, crashed in the Sinai Desert. and this is they had this is a super sad story. I know, Lee. I mean, just is, really a mystery, and just one of those things you go, "What?" I mean, how how did this happen? How did this ha- how did this happen? There's a lot of different theories swirling around it. The Egyptians are saying one thing. The Russians are saying another. The U.S. is not saying much about anything. Um, but here's one here's one thing that I think we know is that. We are really never going to know what happened here. And I'll tell you why. Because I think the Russians do know what happened. I mean, even Putin has only made one public comment about this. He has not, he has not been out in public about this terrible tragedy. And the thing about this, this resort, it's called Sharm el-Sheikh, and it's on the Red Sea in Egypt. And um, it actually is a fantastic place. It's one of the top uh, like snorkeling and diving places in the world. I mean, you literally put your you know ankles, your feet in the water, you put your face down and it's like finding Nemo. You have never seen so many beautiful fish. There's a big tro- cor- coral reefs there. I mean, it's a spectacular area to go visit. Um, and it's extremely popular with Russians because um, I know this, having lived in Moscow, we went to Sharm el-Sheikh because it's about the closest place you can get to from Russia with sun. Like when this, you know, okay. we talked about right. the darkness, you know, that this time of year in Russia, this is beginning of the, the winter. You know, maybe they've had a little snow, it's dark, it's cold. Certainly in St. Petersburg, because it's that far north, you know, they're experiencing the cold weather. So this is a very popular place for Russians to go. Over 3 million Russians a year go to Sharm el-Sheikh. Wow. It's a giant tourist place. Okay. I mean, now, the, 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 the Red Sea, the, uh, the snorkeling, the diving, spectacular. The town of Sharm el-Sheikh, Leon, it looks, imagine Reno meets King Tut. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's what you have. Okay. It's that's... like really, really tacky. But everybody there like speaks Russian because they have so many Russian uh, tourists there. So, so this, so this airplane crash is is um, is really, you know, it's it's a it's a terrible tragedy because of so much loss of human life. But it's very important to the Egyptians because this is a major tourist industry okay. for them, and to have Russians, you know, have a Russian plane go down is very serious. And then obviously for the Russians, it's very serious that they don't. 
you know, they don't want to admit that, you know, that there was some external force that took this jet down because of the loss of face. So I think I think this is going to be one of the one of, of the kinds of investigations that we may never really know, you know, what happened. I mean, I just, I, it may be inconclusive. I, I just don't know because both the Russians and the Egyptians have a lot uh, vested in not telling us what really happened. Because if this plane was shot down, you know, that's really bad, okay? And, uh, or if it was a mechanical failure of some kind, I mean, I think that looks bad for the Russian airlines. Uh, okay. Now, now, here's the other sort of connection uh, that the, one of the reasons I've been monitoring. Isn't that this. interesting when we think about sort of freedom of the press? And I mean, we have we have reporters on if something like this happened in the U.S. Every single major news outlet has a transportation reporter. We have people from the NTSB, you know, doing press conferences and stuff. What a difference freedom of the press yeah, makes, no, doesn't I mean, it? I mean, to sound naive, but. It's so truly, and yeah. the fourth estate is so important right. to democracy. You don't know what's going right. on in these kind of countries. And I have to say the worst airport I've ever been in is that Sharm el-Sheikh airport, Sharm el-Sheikh in Cairo. It was <clears throat> their sort of boarding procedure is you hold up your ticket and you scream and yell and you push and shove. That's how you get on the plane. You shouldn't laugh, but you've been in a lot of bad airports, I've too. I've been in a lot so, of bad airports, so yeah. that, that's something. But um, but we did go there one Christmas, and Liz joined us. Uh, she came. She joined us in Sharm El Sheikh. We had a great vacation, mainly because we just stayed underwater the whole time. We did not go into the town, which, again, was 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 King Tut meets Reno. So, uh, so we just stayed under the water. We had this great vacation and she left a day before us. So she had gotten on a flight and we didn't, you know, my family didn't know that we were, we were still underwater that day. And Liz got on a, 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 a flight. The plane after hers crashed into the sea, right? Took from, it took really. Off. Yes, right afterwards. Oh my God. Liz landed in Frankfurt and she was so frantic because she knew about this plane crash. And Liz was desperately trying to reach me because she thought I had, you know, would have seen the plane crash and would have thought it was Liz because literally her flight took off. And then 10 minutes later, this other flight took off and crashed into the sea. Oh my God. And a hundred and. 50 people were killed. Oh, I don't remember now, we that. didn't notice it because, again, we were at a resort and we were looking out at the ocean and we saw that there were all sorts of boats. We were like, wow, there are a lot of boats out there today, but they were um, searching for survivors. Oh, wow. So, yes, it was. And that plane crash that happened in 2004, very suspicious as well. Never, there was, it was never, they did an investigation and the investigation was inconclusive as to why the plane crashed. So they don't know whether it was a bomb, whether it was mechanical failure, human error, they still don't know. So I, I, you know, I'm doubtful that we're going to find out the answer to what happened to this Russian plane, but it's, it's a terrible tragedy for, you know, some people that were like, they were just trying to go to the sun and trying to, you know, have a week's vacation. And uh, I'm sure they were, you know, and they're probably heading home to St. Petersburg and now this terrible tragedy. So, Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting... 
rave reviews. Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that pro's hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when it's, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you like did. to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Hey, Julia, we didn't mention, I didn't mention this to you earlier, but did you happen to read the obituary of the East German who, like, uh, whose gaff actually helped burst the Berlin Wall? 
Did you no, get him to read this story? All right, no. this guy, he was a he was a like a high-level East German official, Gunter Schabowski. He died, he was 86 years old. But apparently in 1989, when they were discussing like, well, maybe we should allow people from East Berlin to go to West Berlin, maybe we should open up a little bit, and they had voted to do that. <clears throat> He was a member of the Communist Party there in East Berlin. Uh, he was approached by a reporter afterwards, like, hey, what's happening? Are people going to be allowed travel visas and everything? And he was sort of searching through his notes. He said, yeah, yeah, we voted. They're going to be allowed to do that. And the reporter asked, well, when is that happening? He said, right away, as far as I know. And what he really meant was like the next morning when we work out the procedure, we'll let you know. But yeah. it was that report on the news that East Berliners saw, and then they started to storm the walls. Remember that? And climb I do over remember them storming the walls, but I had no idea that that was, that was the comment that uh, led, to, led to that activity. Isn't huh. that crazy? Isn't yeah. that unbelievable? So there's a, uh, his obituaries in the New York Times. Yeah, I just didn't remember that piece of it at all. But they really credit his, his gaffe to a reporter with sort of the immediate, you know, opening of the Berlin Wall. So there you go. Just in another, speaking of no freedom of the press. Right. There, speaking right. speaking of that. So I'll, we'll, I'll post a link to that uh, on our website in the, in the notes for the show because kind of an interesting story to read. Interesting story to read. All right, we have some Tuesday trends we're going to cover. I understand, Joel. What do you got? What are, well, first of all, Leanne, hey, Candy Crush got, was sold for $5.9 billion. I know. And I, I, I totally I, get it, Leanne. Because every it? single person on the New York subway is playing Candy Crush. I know. And every person around the world, that's what they're playing. When you when you see when they're looking down at their phones, they're not working. They're not texting. <laughs> they're playing Candy Crush. So I think they got, that was pretty cheap. $5.9 billion to the King organization. I just like the pictures of all the big Candy Crush characters, like on Wall Street. Like <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I know it is funny. It's, it's funny. I don't I don't play games, so I but I know everybody else does. Yes. <laughs> so it's supposed to be addictive. And my hats off. Other big trend: Adele. Have you, oh. have you downloaded her please. new song yet? Yes, please. It's the best. I feel bad for the other songs on the radio. Really. <laughs> I, if I was another song and I heard it, I heard that song and be like, I'm done. I'm done for it. I, my my time at the top is over. I'm done. It's an unbelievable I, song. It literally gives you the chills. I, I just, the video is great. The whole thing. She is great. Yep. I, I'm very, very happy for 1.1 million downloads. Uh, so great for her. So that, that's a, those are, you know, hats off to them. Okay. I think that was job well done. So, uh, it's just, <laughs> yeah, she sounds great. You know, she had that terrible throat surgery and there was some question whether she was really going to be able to sing again. So I'm just glad to hear her sounding so great. I can't wait to hear the rest of the album. Uh, yeah, her, her previous album is the best selling album of this century so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, have, I have that. Yeah. Like, sing along to it every single day. Well, so that said, that says it. If you have it, then that's. <laughs> That really says that's something. Because yeah. it's sort of Carol. I went Carol King, Adele. That's it. That's my musical range right there, Liam. I think you had some Nora Jones for a while. That's, uh, yeah, a little Nora Jones. For like a Bonnie, decade, you Bonnie played Nora Jones. Yeah. I have Bonnie Ray. I have a few others. But but in, yeah. my, in, my, in my top rotation, that's what I have. So I'm very happy about that. Now, here's some, something that... I don't know how to do, Leanne, but I think that many of our satellite sisters do, and I think it's a good idea, and that is knitting vacations. Did you see this? 
this was uh this is sort of a new thing that you take a knitting holiday that you get together with other knitters uh-huh. for a weekend or a week and i don't know you knit sweaters you knit scarves and you just get together and knit you don't have to stay home and knit Leanne. okay you can get <laughs> okay. out of the house huh you don't think I, I don't even know what to well i think getting together and doing what you love to do is always a good idea I think that's good. I, yeah, I, I, I we can't. You you can really knit anywhere though. So, but yeah, getting together with people and doing what you love to do is a great idea. And when I couple months ago, uh, I was working on some companion pieces for the book to submit to other websites and stuff like that. And so I I crowdsourced a how did you make new friends over fifty? I was working on uh, an article to go along with Liz's piece in the book, The Grandma Gap, and um, I'm finding my tribe those two things. So I crowdsourced that. And like overwhelmingly, the number one way our people have met new friends after the age of 50 is knitting or quilting. Like Mm -hmm. stitching together is apparently both a metaphor and a, and a thing. So, um, that's, I, I am not surprised at that because our people have found that knitting or quilting together is a great way to make friends. It's great. I think it's good. They have cruises. You can take a Caribbean cruise for knitting. That seems hot to me. It does. It seems that I have to agree with you there, Julie. I got to agree with you. Yeah. But how about a cruise to like the fjords and the Scottish Highlands? There you go. Now there you can make yourself some nice, you know, um, outlander type uh, scarves and stuff. Or Ireland. They have cruise, you know, they have trips to Ireland, but that it's nice and cold and damp there. So I think that would be good. But I thought that was a good thing. And I, I, I would encourage more people to do that. I wish I knew how to knit. <laughs> now, Lee, and here I have something for you. Uh, because this is what runners use, nurses use them, travelers. Um, these are compression socks. Now, I'm not talking about those ugly medical grade socks. Um, there's a woman that thought, well, hey, you know, we can do better than that. We can make them cute. And she has a company called Lily trotters that's l-i-l-y trotters and it's a line of compression socks but it comes in five different patterns so i mean i think you would be you know like a lot of people don't want to wear compression socks if they're taking a long flight or you know if they're nurses or you know flight attendants if you're on your feet all the time um but you can put on these cute snappy socks you know that have stripes and then come in different colors what do you think what is there something you're trying to tell me? I mean, no, I, it's no, great. I, you take you take cross country trips, Leanne. You might okay. want a pair of compression socks. Okay. Guess, no, we're take, we're trying to take the old out of compression. Well, they socks. look cute. I'm I'm just bringing them up on the website fun. now. These are fun. Compression socks can be fun. Leanne. Okay, I don't really know what compression socks do. What's the point of them? They they like they like massage your feet. They keep the circulating. It's good for your circulation, so you don't get deep vein thrombosis. You don't oh, want gosh. that. I, no, I don't. I'm so terrified of that. Ever since well, we then, did that 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 segment on Satellite Sisters about deep vein thrombosis, I can't. I can barely sit on a plane now without thinking about it. So you need some compression <laughs> socks, Leah. Okay, these are pretty cute. Yeah, I think it's a cute idea. Okay. $65 a pair. You know, I mean, it's just it's somebody just took some uh, some an ugly sort of medical thing and took it to the next level, and I thought it was a cute trick. Yes, she's it, she was a creative director. Apparently, Susan Costa-Walson, after discovering the benefits of compression socks, but she couldn't find any fashion-forward choices. So they, <laughs> there you go. They're pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. Right, Julie. <laughs> 
Okay, well, that's a good birthday gift. <laughs> a copy of You're the Best and a pair of compression socks. Way to go. You're done. You're I'm done for the holidays. There totally it is. done. I'm totally done. All right, well, Julie, I recently purchased something, and I finally put it into action this week. And um, it's a spiralizer. Oh, <gasps> you have a spiralizer. Uh, Leanne, I've heard about these. Tell me, okay. tell me more. Tell me more. So these are just the, the I bought a $15 hand spiralizer. So I did not get talked into this big $75 tabletop spiralizer. I needed to work into spiralizing slowly. But this is basically, it's a grater. It's a fancy pants grater. But you can grate things like zucchini or carrots into these long spirals that essentially look like noodles, particularly okay. the zucchinis. And uh, I, I've seen so many good spiralizer recipes and my husband, you know, for some reason has stopped eating pasta now, mm. just at our house. Like he'll order it out, but <laughs> he just, you know. So he's now eliminated a whole, like yeah. that is like a whole totally solid dinner to put on the table, like a pasta dinner, yeah. right? It's a passive aggressive choice. It's a passive aggressive choice, believe me, because okay. it means I have to go get like fresh food every day right you can't just oh it's wednesday we'll have pasta yeah. so he'll just like eat the salad and not the pasta so this has been going on for a couple of years and finally i'm like i'm just going to get the spiralizer and make the zucchini noodles and then i was staying with my niece Catherine this week and she is gluten-free so i just want to and she listens to the podcast so Catherine, go i know you have a lot of kitchen tools from your wedding that you don't need <laughs> but 15 dollars spiralizer Julie, I spiralized up some zucchini on Sunday night. I cannot uh -huh. tell you what a huge hit it was. It comes in these long strands. It looks just like a pasta. I just sauteed it up in a little olive oil and garlic and then heavy on the, I put some lemon on it and some pepper and a dash of uh, Parmesan cheese. Fantastic. And then last night I had more zucchini. I did it again. And he's like, are we going to have this every night now? <laughs> I was like, maybe, maybe we are. Maybe we are. Until you let me have pasta back in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so, Just serve a zucchini every night. Every night. Yeah. It was good, though, I have to say. So if you're spiralizing the zucchini, you probably already know this about zucchini. It needs to sweat a little. So spiralize it, put a little salt on it, and let the water sweat out of it before you try to saute it. Or else it'll is be really the actual spiral, is that hard to do, Leanne? Or no. Is, no. No, it's pretty easy. It's, the it's, $15 model works well enough. You're not, you know, slicing up your fingers or anything like that? No. no, it kind of has this funky little top that you can plug into the end of the zucchini. It acts like a knob and helps you turn it. So okay. I would suggest getting wider zucchini. Like I, so it's, just, that's, but I think it's always better, Liam. There you go. Yeah. Wider zucchini. I mean, I got my spiralizer at Sur La Tabla. I'm sure you can find them. It's one of those XOXO ones or OXOX or whatever that company is. 15 bucks at Sur La Tabla. Carol helped me. She said, don't get the tabletop one. Just try this. You may get tired of spiralized zucchini, uh, but I'm not so far. Not so far. I may have it again tonight, but I can see like with carrots or I'm going to try some apples on a salad later tonight. I think you could do, you know, sweet potatoes and then roast those for a different kind of texture than just the basic roasted sweet potatoes. But I have to say the zucchini is fantastic. So if you're looking for a gluten-free, you know, alternative, you've probably already discovered this. 
But I can't, I, I can't recommend it highly enough, Julie. Okay, okay well, that's, that's, what, that's what I want for Christmas, Liam. Okay. There's my, okay. okay. All right. I'm got coming. It as a Christmas present. Sounds I'm coming good. to Dallas. I'll get it. Yeah, you're going to get it. Fantastic. 15 bucks. There you go. Uh, all right. We are about to uh, launch into Madam Secretary here, our weekly recap of the CBS drama. Anything else happening, Julie, before we take a quick break? No, I think that's it, Lee. And we, you know, we have a lot to diagram with this upcoming episode. I know. Long shot on uh, Madam Secretary. It is. I need to watch it twice. All right. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. Up next, Madam Secretary recap. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan, who's in Dallas, Texas. This is our weekly recap of the CBS drama, Madam Secretary. And Julie, in this particular episode, it was all about avoiding World War III, wasn't it? Uh, attentions were very high, Leanne. Um, things were, it was very, very delicate. There were multiple uh, moving parts. Um, at any time, we could have been tipped into a big war. Yes. If you are new to Satellite Sisters, you can find out more about us at SatelliteSisters.com. We do a twice-weekly podcast in addition to this recap. We've been on the air for 15 years. We have a new book out called You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship. But we love doing these TV recaps because we love TV. And <laughs> Julie, at the book signing in Brooklyn, someone came up to me and said, we started listening to your show when you started doing Downton Gabby. So that huh? was really fun. So see, new people coming to us through our TV recaps. But for this particular episode, I think it's important for you to know a couple of things. Julie lived in Russia for many years uh, as an expat there, and she is our connection to all things Rust Russian and Eastern European. And uh, I have written actually for TV. So those those two things factor into our qualifications uh, for doing this Madam Secretary recap, um, besides the fact that we just, we covet Taya Leone's hair. That I think is really why we're doing this, isn't it, Jill? She had a good hair show, didn't she? I she thought. did. It was excellent hair throughout. <laughs> okay. All right. Here are the storylines we're working with on this week's show. And it was it was called The Long Shot. It was just a big buildup to what is clearly going to be an explosive sweeps week World War Three storyline. I think it's very clever of the writers to use Russia as the evil empire because they have sort of presented themselves as that yes, recently, haven't yes, they? Have. <laughs> Our friend Vladimir Putin is doing a good job of like he has reemerged as the evil empire. Yes, Liam. That's okay. true. All right. So uh, here are the storylines for this show. We're going to break it down. On the home front, okay, uh, this, you know, every week there's sort of a story about what's happening at home with one of the kids or with the role of Madam Secretary as a mother or the marriage or Henry. So on the home front, this time we hear from middle daughter Allison, and she's feeling really underappreciated, like she can't get her mother's attention. She has recently signed up for the school newspaper where she's going to write a column on fashion and she wants to get some backup from her mother she wants madam secretary to take her to the mall on saturday she wants to discuss uh high high low makeup options and uh so this storyline plays out throughout the whole show where we see basically madam secretary ignoring her middle daughter at the family breakfast table because 
because there is a crisis that could lead to World War Three, and maybe she doesn't have time to go to the mall this so weekend. Make, yes, but, but somebody is doing a Taylor Leone's makeup because it looks really good. I think she's going with the high, not the low makeup. But yeah, I like this that they're trying to present the family as you know that they're having their own crises at home. That you know, you know, it's really hard to be. Secretary of State and be a mother of three, you know, three teenagers. Or uh, so that uh, that was really an episode. We still don't know who's doing the dishes in the kitchen every day. We don't. They just seem to all leave for work and school, and there's a big pile of dishes and pots and pans. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. But we do know that she is trying to have some work-life balance. But let's face it: of all the jobs you got to pick in the world. There's probably about five or six where you really, really can't achieve work-life balance. And I would think Secretary of State is one of them, right? I just think the travel component associated with that, you know, the fact that you're working with multiple uh, crises. Yeah. I mean, you can't have it all in. So so Alice and Marie Slaughter, uh, she wrote a whole book on that. She was in the State Department. Right. And and, uh, she said you can't do it. And uh, But Taya Leone is trying to do it. She's trying. She was trying to pretend to care about her daughter's fashion column for the school newspaper, but while everything else was falling down around her. And I thought there was a very touching scene at the end when she's talking about crisis management, that that, you know, she used to have this life and now it's just become lurching from one crisis to another to another. It's both on a worldwide level and at her, at her family level. I thought that was a very realistic scene. I like that too, Leon. And I, I did like that you know, that uh, her daughter called her on the fact that her mother wasn't paying attention to her and, and Bess felt really terrible about it. I mean, she really could see the anguish on her face, you know, that, that she had kind of blown this situation with her middle daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also very typical. I think the middle daughter is supposed to be like in what is she in high school? It's hard for yes. me to figure out. Sometimes. She's in high school. Okay. She's got a sort of the snappy little um, blazer uniform. Yeah, that she yeah. Wears so she's year. clearly yeah. tailored. Yeah, because apparently yeah. now she's into fashion. That was the only thing I objected to. Like, <laughs> I wish <laughs> that, her that she could pick fashion. Yeah. As, well, yeah. I think isn't that also because it's just like the opposite, opposite. of anything that her right. mother is interested in. Right. Right. Okay. I, I know. I know that was in particular, but I would have preferred like a sports column or something. But that's okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. High, low makeup. That's fine. But the daughter did sort of display some typical like teenage girl behavior. So there was a lot of that too. And then there was the one funny line when Bess says to Stevie, I thought you were the problem child. (laughs) That was very realistic after everything Stevie's been through. All right. So that's on the home front. Now on the work front, I mean, it's just an exploding situation. We have a couple of things happening in this show. First of all, uh, we have Maria Ostroff, the Black Widow in Russia. Uh, She is making a huge power play to become the president of Russia. And it it appears her goal, once she is president of Russia, is to invade the Ukraine. But in in the meantime, we have the Ukrainians coming to the United States looking for aid so they can protect their sovereignty. And then we have this hacker, this, you know, dark web hacker who was able to hack into Air Force One. He's been identified as Dash. Okay. And now he's, he's, uh, has another credible threat out there. Something else is going to happen. Now, Julie, help me, help explain all this to me. So do you think, okay, like, then we have Aust- then we have Gorev, who is who's in exile in London, right? right. 
and he he is he represents the only one that really he was a former former uh, foreign minister, and he's the only one that really represents any sort of credible opposition to the Black Widow in Moscow. Yeah. But he does. But all of his money is frozen, Leon, because they had to because all the rich oligarchs that used to live in uh, Moscow they all live in London now, and all of their funds are frozen. So he has no money to mount a big political campaign against uh, the Black Widow. So. He call, he has one ace in the hole, and he makes the call, right, Lee? And he calls he calls our Elizabeth. Yes. It said, "Can you help me? You know, sort of release my funds." He has a yeah. hundred million dollars, Lee, he's doing okay. Okay, <laughs> he was a public servant with a. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling, you're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing: because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer. Yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leon. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just gonna buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's a hundred percent grass fed beef, free range organic chicken pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day... Just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. Skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. 
youthfulness, yeah. a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Undarius seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. I know. I did I, I did want to ask about that. I was like, where is that money from? They don't really go into that. But like, it's, what was that? What is that? That's he just, just, he just stole you know, it. the people in power, they've got yeah. the money. Okay. That's how it works in Russia. So he's got $100 million, but um, he has no way to get access to it. And that uh, Bess tries to, she appeals to the British ambassador, maybe he can help, but but they can't do that because that would open the floodgates to all the oligarchs. They would all want their money back. So, but Bess, you know, one one of the things, amazing things about her as Secretary of State is she always, she's a very creative problem solver, right? Yes, like, she is. She, there's always, I like the, the light bulb moment yeah. in every show. It's, a, it's literal. It's like, whoa, yeah. And she jumps out of her seat and, yeah. boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and the ties on her blouse go flying. Ooh, yeah. And she comes up with an answer, which is, uh, which they, which is the, the, the you know the exiled foreign minister who's living in London he had, he could he has a hundred million dollars in real estate Leon that he can sell to some fancy pants lord and he can cash in that was a pretty good idea it was a it was a great idea no I know she was just she she's on it and she's pitching it and she's back in with the president and even Ratface Craig has to agree that it's a pretty pretty good idea and she is really working it because again we are all trying to avoid World War Three. But we, yes. and then we have the Ukrainian storyline and really uh, Julie uh, is that like it's it's vulnerable right they could be they could be invaded couldn't they well yes. they were I mean, yeah well, uh, yeah Putin did invade them. yeah yes so yes they, yeah. they are claiming that but what I loved about this is that the president of Ukraine just shows up at the State Department yeah. unannounced, you know, like, like just did a drive by, you know, you just, who does that? Who does that? And, and he wants to get into NATO, which is like, that's harder than getting in that golf club where they play the masters. What is the name of that? Augusta. 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 It's like, it's harder than getting into Augusta. Okay. He wants to get into NATO. But what I love about the scenes with, with, uh, with our, our secretary is, I, I was when I watch it, I was like, I really hope that our diplomats talk to their, you know, the foreign diplomats the way Elizabeth talks to the president of the Ukraine or anyone else that she's dealing with. She deals with them in such a super knowledgeable but super personal way. Yes. I just really like those scenes a lot. They're they're you know, they're just really compelling to me. I was like, I hope 
I hope Secretary Kerry is having these kind of discussions behind the scene. You know, it's true. I thought she, I thought Taylioni, this, she really shined in this episode because the scenes were not complicated, but you're right. She's completely believable at every level. And you do hope that this is how it rolls. Yeah. Yeah. So we have these. And then in the meantime, it's clear that uh, Gorev, who uh, Bess is backing and the U.S. is backing with the real estate scam, uh, that he's he's in trouble. And uh, his they're threatening his daughter, who's in the United States. And it's clear that Gorev is in trouble and they need they need to throw everything they can at preventing World War Three. So, Julie, what is the answer? What do they throw? What's their secret weapon? It's television, Julie. It's television. I, it's I, the Simpsons strategy, Leanne. That's what it is. It's the Simpsons. That's I loved. It. I love this storyline. Like in the middle of the world going into chaos, money changing hands, company countries being invaded, Air Force One going down. How can we fix this all? Television. Uh, Jay, who I wish he had more scenes because he's a good actor and I like his character and he's the most believable of the staff members to me. Uh, so Jay comes up with the idea that we have to fight propaganda with propaganda. We have to go into the Ukraine with a very popular American TV show that we Ukraineize and somehow we can get our message out while fighting the Russian propaganda machine who stages all these hack game shows followed by fake news. So Jay calls in some TV producers and he's trying to convince them, no, please, really, do the Simpsons in Ukrainian. Or, um, you know, it's like Phil Rosenthal when he did Everybody Loves Raymond in Russia. We talked to him on Satellite Sisters. It's sort of that storyline, but it's also kind of Argo. Like, I thought it was going to go kind of an Argo way. Yes, yes. So so it still could. Don't count the TV executives out, even though they denied him and Jay makes this impassioned plea, like, we have no money, we can't pay the actors residuals, but we need you to contribute, and you have the opportunity to make a real difference. And the studio execs, they literally laughed in his face. I know, I know, that was, (laughs) those are Liz's people. They are not patriotic. He appealed to them, like, this is their chance to step up, to be the patriot. This is your moment. You know, he... He, you know, he get that was like the best, the best speech so far this season. And uh, no, no, no way. He, did, no he way. didn't get it. But they may be back. I, I, I don't know. I saw just a glimmer of hope. They may be back. There may be an Argo storyline. So keep keep your eye on that. So in the middle of World War Three, what we really need is television. And ain't that the truth? <laughs> Okay. And then Julie, the Henry storyline with young Dimitri, the spy. I find this a very compelling storyline. I I do because I think in a very small way, it shows we have this idea that we are the only ones that love our country, but Mm -hmm. that is not true. No, Dimitri loves his country. He loves Russia. He wants Russia to do the right thing. And he's tortured by the fact that he's now a double agent and he has to, you know, he's spying on mother Russia all in the name of help, you know, because he wants to help his sister. You know, he's chosen his family uh, to make, you know, his sister is ill and she, he's getting her medical care by helping, by helping the Americans. But he's tortured and he's drinking too much. He's drinking too much. He's saying things he shouldn't. He's, he's breaking down. He's hiding in the stairwell. But in doing so, he overheard a key plot point that Gorov's daughter was about to be kidnapped and held in the house for a month so Henry can step in and save Gorov's daughter as they promised. Uh, Dimitri's torn because he does feel like the powers at play in Russia are going to invade Ukraine. His family has 
ties to the Ukraine. So he feels like now he is working for the good guys, sort of. But it's just a very humanizing story about, you know, how sometimes these huge decisions really come down to like the guy we talked about earlier in the news, the East German who said, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys can cross into West Germany now, no problem. And he completely changed the course of history. And I thought that was a very, there were some good scenes with Henry and the young spy. And it um, shows Henry in a very hard, you know, the hard side of Henry. Right. I mean, you know, at home, he's the affable professor, you know, the religion professor, and he always has, you know, the bon mot and, you know, he's got, he's inspiring. And let's face it, he, he looks fantastic. And he looks fantastic. Holy cow. Like in his little shorts and t-shirt. The t-shirt. I know. He's a good It's all good. But then we see him when he's handling Dimitri, he's, you know, he's hard on him. He's hard on him. He's not letting him off the hook. I mean, because, because Henry feels like he has, you know, world peace is like, it's in the balance there, Leon. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't try to stay ahead of this with getting the right intelligence, things could happen. So, in the end of the story, in the end of the show, we have a couple of things happening that are big. Gorev, Bess's guy in Russia, gets assassinated by one of his aides. The yeah. money is transferred. The aide shoots him and takes the money. And that, I, know. That I mean, you know what they say in Russia, like. Your only friend is a dog. You know, that's it. You can you really. Cannot. That's what they say in Russia. Yes, that's what they always say in Russia. Get yeah. a, your only friend is a dog. They don't. You don't trust anyone. You're, even the trusted aide who was dialing the phone numbers for him shot him right in the head. That was that was that was very shocking, Leon. It yeah. was. It was shocking. And then we see Dash, the, you know, evil hacker. He takes down the Ukrainian president's plane. Miraculously, they managed to all parachute out of this plane. I, I don't believe that story. I, I think no. there's more to that story. There's more to that story. It's a little like the Russian plane going down in the Sinai earlier yeah. that we talked about earlier, Leon. I, I, just, I, I just don't know how they survived. Yeah. And whether or not the, Ukraine, the Ukrainians are somehow in on the hacking thing. I yeah. don't know, Liam. I don't know. There's there's some unanswered questions here. Yeah, because they were, you know, Skyping with the Ukrainian president in the field, and I thought they were going to pull back and reveal, like, that he was in Red Square or something. Yeah, there was something. <laughs> I was waiting for that. And Bess is like, oh, go get some medical attention. I'm like, medical attention? He's going to have a couple of shots of vodka, I think. He doesn't need any medical attention. So yeah, there's some, something, something was not right there. There's something iffy, iffy there about that. And, uh, and then Olga, the Gorov's daughter returns to Russia and Beth tries to make some peace with her own daughter. And she gives that moving speech about just moving from crisis to crisis. So clearly, you know, we're setting up for the big, you know, Russian elections and what will happen. And this Dash is an interesting character. And in the meantime, you know, uh, Elizabeth just keeps moving forward. This uh, this week, Julie, the binder is full of blouses. Here's what we got. Um, we had both a red, a white, and a blue blouse. We had red, yes. white, and blue. Yes. <laughs> She's think, sticking with that with those are the five, you know, the colors of the flag land. Yes. yes. And uh, I have to say my favorite was the blue blouse at the end. Me too, Leah. Yeah. I thought it really brought, uh, highlighted her hair. I thought it was a very strong uh, look for her. So, yes, I like that too. And then I just want to call out the oversized blue loungewear sweater that she was wearing this week. You- that is so you, Leah. I can like. Totally. I, I we're. Like- 
Where, where did you get that spiralizer for Christmas? I'll get, I'll look at that lounge sweater for you. How about that? Did you see the cuffs were a different color on the inside? There no, was there was a lot of style. I mean, I usually just wear large blue things, but that actually had a lot of style. I mean, she had a lot of good loungewear working this week, but that I just needed to call that out. And she had a great hair show, excellent hair show for Taylor Young. So, um, so that that's that. Julie, anything else you want to add? Any no, and I think it was a very full episode. It was there was a lot to digest, and it really does set set us up for a, you know for next week's crisis. I mean, I you know I don't know where what what's going to happen. Yeah, you know I do wish the president's character was a little bit more distinct. Sometimes I feel like he's sort of generic president. You know. Yeah. I mean, she had a little more happening, but other than that, I just thought I'd add that in. <laughs> okay, Lynn. <laughs> okay. I don't write the show though, so <laughs> I mean, send them a couple of notes. Gonna, you know, they did take our note about having Jay shave his beard, so I, you know, who knows? They could be listening, Julie. They could be listening. All right. Uh, next week we will be back with our Madam Secretary recap. For more information about us, you can go to SatelliteSisters.com. We are making appearances in your area. If you newly discovered us, we're out on a book tour. We're going to be in Pasadena. We're going to be in Portland. We're going to be in St. Paul. And we're going to be in Dallas. Information about that is at SatelliteSisters.com. We talk about lots of other things besides TV. But we just we really love talking about TV. So there, there you go. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Julie, have a great week. You too, Leanne. Don't forget, call your satellite sister.